Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. Hello, disciple-making friends. I'm Paul Watson. I'm here with Rebecca Ewing and our guest, Preston Condor. Today, we're going to be talking about Preston's story of engaging at a local high school. It's pretty awesome. And then we're going to, after the break, talk about some backstory that I think you're going to find encouraging. I'm pretty excited to dive right in. But before we do, could you do me a favor? Could you give us a rating or leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you use to listen to our podcast? Your rating or review help people find our podcast and know that listening to us share what God is teaching us is worth their time. Uh, Not to mention your rating or review is super encouraging to Rebecca and I. And don't forget that for less than a price of one fancy pumpkin spice latte, just $5 a month, you can listen to all of our premium content and complete library of CDM podcasts. Just head on over to patreon.com slash faithworks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com uh, slash faithworks. Or just click on the link in the description. All right. So here we are with Preston. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened. A few weeks ago, out of the blue, I get this text message from Preston. And he goes, hey, this is Preston Condor. I got a new phone number right now. You probably don't have this one. And I just want to tell you what God has done since the last time that we talked. And in it, there was a photo of a bunch of students in a locker room all crowded around one of those cold water recovery tanks that you guys may have seen that are all the rage on my Facebook friends right now. So at any rate, I don't want to give away too much more of the story, but I found that to be a very intriguing intro. And I was like, I got to talk to Preston and see what God's been doing. And so uh, Preston, uh, I want you to go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself, what God has you doing now, and then the lead up into that wonderful picture. Yeah, so my name's Preston, and I'm originally from Texas. I met my wife, Meg, in, in Alabama. We were doing college ministry together at the University of Alabama. And a little over a year ago, uh, God called us up here to Northern Virginia. And uh, I'm a campus pastor at a church. And so most of my time is spent preaching and pouring into people, meeting with people through the church, but I also wanted to be involved in disciple making in the community. And so a couple of months ago, the, the start of the fall, I was praying and asking God, you know, God, what can I do to to partner with you and what you're doing in our community? And so as I was praying, um, I just felt like, hey, you know, maybe I can use my background in playing sports uh, and and offer to help a team coach. And so began to pray about it and connected with a, a local high school football coach and my access minister, my way of serving and building relationship with that group was just to offer, hey, I can coach quarterbacks. I played quarterback in, in high school and college. And so uh, we connected and he brought me on to the team. And so there's this coach and now he's introducing me to the other coaches and to even parents and the players. So wow. I've got credibility now. I'm a yeah. part of this group. And um. So then uh, one of the difficult things I've got to do is I've got to say, okay, I've got to make the time to invest in this. I can't just focus mm-hmm. all my time at the church and church activities. And so now I got to free up 10, 15. Now it's probably 20 hours a week wow. to spend with the team. Um, yeah. And I love so, that intentionality, Preston. Love that. <laughs> yeah. 
so that I mean that was a that was a hard commitment. And um so as I'm in the film room building relationships or on the field or uh, whatever, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm just kind of listening and thinking, where are the spiritually hungry people? Mm, mm-hmm. Who is God prepared? Who's the, the, the person of peace, that, that fourth soil, good soil person. And, uh, one day I'm at practice and I hear a chant and someone goes, who did? And the team goes, God did. Who did? God did. Who did? God did. And at first I'm thinking, is this sarcasm? Like what is, what is happening right now? Uh, because we're not in, we're not in East Texas anymore. This is Northern mm-hmm. Virginia. And so I walked up to the guy and I said, Hey man, um, what was that all about? And he was like, Oh, you know, coach just got to give God glory. And I said, mm-hmm. okay. I said, Hey, have you ever thought about starting a, a team Bible study? And so I didn't know it at the time. He was a Christian who was not yet trained in how to make disciples, but but he was an influential guy on the team. And so uh, I, he said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And I said, well, are there maybe two or three other guys that you can invite to do this with you? So now he, this inside Christian student, gathers two or three other guys. Some are Christian, some weren't. And I said, hey, what if we just take two weeks and I'll model for you guys and train y'all in how to lead a Bible study? Now, I didn't use the words discovery Bible study. I didn't use any of that lingo, but but that's what I trained them in. So the first week, I kind of walk them through it, and I do it, and I'll say, all right, hey, time out. What would you see me do? Uh, do you think you could do this? What what of this is, is challenging? And then so the next week, I have them do it, and so they lead it, and it's just you know four or five of us. Uh, and actually, we had some leaders from the JV and the varsity. So there's two different Bible studies with teams of leaders that we're preparing. And and this was an important shift. I want to make sure I say this. I think what most people do in my situation that have a heart for lost people and who want to make an impact is they would come in and they would lead the Bible study. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the shifts that I had to, I had to trust the word of God and the spirit of God enough to from day one, never lead the Bible study and let Mm -hmm let those inside influential students lead it. Now, part of that is because of where I'm at and I can't lead it. So um, <laughs> that made that, it easier to make that decision, didn't it? Hey, <laughs> turning a limitation into a strength, right? There you go. <laughs> exactly. So from day one, they, they start their Bible study and they, they did it on Thursday night. They had a, a pasta dinner every Thursday night uh, as a team after practice. And then they just said, Hey, we're having a Bible study. Anybody can come. And the first night there were 18 varsity players and eight JV players. And that number has grown uh, up to as many as 28 guys in the varsity Bible study and 10 to 12 in the JV study. And and I, I started one with coaches as well. And we might have anywhere from two to five of us um, on Sunday nights. But so the players have started these Bible studies. And um, I want to say this too. I, I didn't mention this in talking about access, but I think that there's looking for the person of peace or the, those those Christians who can multiply if you train them. Um, and then there's also looking for the gatekeepers. And for some of you, uh, you're thinking about participating in reaching the next gen uh, through CDM. And I love that vision. I love that. That's what you guys are focusing on. And you might need to find maybe not even a coach that is a strong Christian, but if you can just find a coach 
who's just okay with you doing that stuff. As long as, as, long as they're not hostile yeah. and against it, if you can find that gatekeeper, find the gatekeeper and then find either a person of peace who's lost, who's spiritually hungry, or that, that Christian who's needs to be trained to multiply. Absolutely. So, so we found those people, they started the Bible study and they're doing that for a couple of weeks. And I mean, it, it was, it was interesting because, you know, I'm not leading. So I'm in the corner of the room and I'll kind of walk in between, go to the JV room, listen to them, come back to the varsity room, listen to, to them. And one of the, the things that I learned along the way, I think as, you know, as we're doing this as disciple makers, you will all feel this at some point. They're not doing it as good as me. Why did they forget <laughs> that? How could they forget to do that? And it, it just took everything in me to not butt in and correct. Um, and obviously I'm not talking about anything like super heretical or something. I'm just talking about right. basic things. Um, and so what I would do each week is I would pull those leaders aside after the group and debrief. And I would just ask them basic questions. Hey, what'd you do? Well, what could have been better? And so after three or four weeks of doing that, I challenged the leaders and I said, Hey, what if each of you, cause we, we, we did a discovery Bible study format, but we kind of, I sectioned it into the three thirds as, as well, kind of blended the two to make it easy for them. And so I said, what if you who are doing the first part, you could just get another player and train him to do it and let him do that first part. And then the second part and then the third part. So then they, they trained three other guys in the varsity Bible study. And then I said, guys, y'all been meeting and debriefing and you've heard me ask the coaching questions. I just pointed at one of them and said, all right, hey, next week, y'all do the group and you're going to do the coaching questions after. So not only letting the guys lead it themselves, but having them train other guys and coach other guys themselves. Um, I think that was was really key. Um, so that everything's going really well. There's great, meaningful and spiritual conversations happening. And so one week is probably about week five. I pulled the leaders aside. I let them debrief. And then I said, guys, y'all are doing an incredible job. I said, what if next week you read a passage of scripture about the gospel and then you invited your team to be baptized? And one of the guys says, can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, we're not a, we're not ordained pastors. And I said, guys, y'all can do whatever the heck you want. Y'all can do this. And this was actually a really powerful moment to me. One of the guys, he's like a, he's a young guy, plays defense, you know, just a meathead kind of guy, tough guy, guys guy. He looks at me and says, coach, we can totally do those Bible studies because we're a church. Hmm. And that was a key moment for me because I had not, I had not vision cast. Hey, we're trying to become football church. I hadn't talked about church. We hadn't read Acts two and done the church function. We hadn't done any of that. And yet the spirit of God had already gone ahead of me and was teaching this 16 year old football player. We are a church. We're becoming a church. And so, um, that was really powerful. And, and I want to, I'll say one more thing before I move on to the baptisms, just to kind of emphasize the power of when it's the students owning it. So there's one day they're in the Bible study and <laughs> there's a guy on the team. He's a really big, tough guy. And 
he looks over at the the player who's who's facilitating the the Bible questions about God and people, and he said, "I'm so glad that you started this." Mm. And that mm. that was a powerful moment because mm-hmm. they did not realize that I started it. Yeah, I catalyzed it. It was me. But that's exactly how I wanted it to be. That's how it should be. Is they really believed that they, their peers, they started it. This was their thing. And so they took ownership of it. And that's why they were so bought in and they invited their teammates and grew the group and were doing their I will statements. And like, this is their thing from day one. Uh, and so they believe this is their thing. They believe they're becoming a church. And so the next week we came together and they read Acts chapter two about Jesus being crucified by the Jews and him being enthroned as king overall and um, and Peter's invitation to repent and be baptized. So they read that and one of the players shared their testimony, just shared their story. And um, they even read like I just wrote out basically like the equivalent of the three circles kind of gospel presentation. I just wrote it in paragraph form, really simple language, and the team just read it. And so they heard it. They saw it in the scripture. They heard it in the life of a student. They read it uh, together. And they're about to go to the training room to do the team baptisms. But that one of those leaders, kind of the main leader, he he leaned over to him. He said, Coach, I, said, I, 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 just, I don't think I can do the baptisms. I don't think I can do it. Will you do it? Will you do the baptisms? And I said, no. I'm not going to do the baptisms. And I said, I said, what do you believe biblically you have to know or do in order to be qualified to baptize other people? And at that point he knew I got him, but he kind of, he kind of hung his head and he said, well, I guess I got to love God. And I said, yeah, you know, it's probably good if you get baptized too, you know, that's probably a good thing. And, uh, and so it was like this this shift in him. He went from believing, I'm not a professional, I'm not a pastor, I don't know enough about the Bible, I've still got sin issues in my life, whatever uh, inhibitions he was feeling, that, that switch flipped for him, and he thought, okay, Jesus has authorized me to do this, right. I'm going to do it. So we go into the training room, and again, I have no idea how many guys are going to believe that Jesus is Lord and be baptized. It, we're just flying blind. But I wanted to I wanted to choose to have expectant faith. And so actually that Sunday before I was thinking through, we're going to do baptisms. I don't know where we're going to do them, but we need to do it in the school if possible. That, that's going to send a statement and that's going to be powerful for them to own it. And so because I didn't know where, I just took our horse trough from our church that I'm a part of on Sundays <laughs> and just put it in the back of my wife's Jeep Patriot and all week. I'm riding around with a horse trough because <laughs> we're going to have these baptisms. And I went to the, I went to Walmart and I bought 24 towels because I believed we're going to have many, many people get baptized and we need to have the towels and be ready. And so we go into the training room and actually the, the trainer said that we could use the cold tub to do the baptisms in. So we fill up water with, with warm water. And <laughs> I like how you specified that warm yeah, water. <laughs> yeah, 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 we made it easy for him. But um, so we stand back 
and one of my quarterbacks is the first one to get in. Mm. And this is uh this was a cool moment. So it's the first baptism, this player's doing it. And I had written on like their their facilitator's paper uh for their Bible study, uh, hey, here's the questions you can ask when you do the baptism. So he had someone kind of hold the paper for him. He was gonna read it. Well, one of the questions was do you believe Jesus is the son of God? He died on the cross, rose from the dead and became king overall. I really want to emphasize that Jesus is Lord. And just again, to just show you how it's messy, they're not always going to get it right. And it's okay. It really doesn't matter. The, uh, the player, he read the question. He goes, <laughs> he goes, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Died on the cross, rose from the dead and became king all over again. And I'm just sitting back there like, oh, my gosh, like, come <laughs> on, man. And the guy in the tub said, yes, I do. And he said, are you ready to follow him no matter the cost? And he said, yes, I am. He said, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we had our first person baptized, the second, the third, the tenth, the twelfth, the fourteenth, the fifteenth person. Fifteen guys profess their faith that Jesus is Lord. They're going to follow him no matter the cost. And we're baptized into Christ by a fellow teammate. And that was just an incredibly powerful moment. Um, I've since then, you know, we're still doing our Bible studies. Um, I've since then heard stories of how guys are, are be, through the Holy Spirit in them, are changing their behavior, changing how they talk. They're inviting other people uh, into their lives to to share with them what Jesus is doing. Um, and And there's already buzz going around the school now some basketball players want to start a bible study and now some baseball players want to start a bible study and the wrestling team wants to start a bible study and now the vision that these guys are owning is what's it going to take to see a player-led bible study in all 25 teams at our high school yeah and so yeah from your mouth to god's ears right yes (laughs) glory to god Praise yes, God. absolutely. You know, Preston, I, I want to just point out to our listeners right now some of the things that we really wanted to highlight out of what you were saying. So first off, just like in our next gen, this is what we're wanting Christians to believe in is basic and do, which is these places like our schools and everything that right now they're they're going all in to try to teach kids to not believe in God and to get into horrible things. These can be places where we, if we take positions and places within these schools and start, ha- as you said, having relationships with these different people, and you're looking for two things, you're looking for Christians that you can equip in order to reach each other, and you're looking for open lost people in order to be able to do that as well. And so, and, and what's really great is in this is that our Christian, our Christian youth that we do have in this next generation are not really overall equipped onto how to make disciples. I mean, I would say that would, I mean, of course, one person's going to listen like, Hey, we do, you know, there's going to be somebody out there that does, but predominantly we don't see that. And so this is an opportunity to help them understand, to be leaders within their own generation. And that opens up so many doors because of that familiarity and identity that they have with other people of their generation. And then, uh, <clears throat> but so first off, just getting in there and engaging and looking that way. And then two, as you said, trusting the word of God to be able uh, with his spirit to be enough with these Christian inside leaders 
to be able to do these studies. And it's not always perfect, but hey, they're, they're leading. And, and the, that is the heart of DMM is to get people not just signed up to a team, haha, sports analogy, but to actually. <laughs> You're so, you're so proud of yourself right there. I see. I know, right? Just like, Hey, that was there. Um, not just sign up to the team, but actually being already playing well on the team and being leaders and getting more people on the team and stuff like that. So it's, it's getting it to that level. And we see the fruit because they're starting to create their identity around the word of God and what he's doing among them instead of their identity around Preston. And saying, well, we just love our, our coach. He's such a great guy and he just leads us and stuff. It's, that's not what they're, we're hearing. We're hearing, Hey, we love God. We love what we're doing. We're church together. Quick thing on that. You, obviously the Holy Spirit's leading them, but the questions in a discovery Bible study is supposed to be like everything that a church does together. So no wonder that when these kids are sitting down and they're going through all these, they're like, wait, this is like a church, right? It's like, yeah, you're right. You're operating just like a church in that. And if you're believers, yes, you are a church, you know, together if you're actually doing those things. So uh, I, this is so great, Preston, uh, in this. And I just really want to put this out there to, to people that about engaging the next generation it is possible for us to be able to take a generation that has been so affected by Satan and turn it around. We just use the principles of God's word and go to them where they are, you know, and, and try principles that are just a little bit different than what we're used to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I know that it hasn't always been easy. I really like how even in the story you pointed out that it was messy and didn't go according to plan. You know, things are in order, out of order. It didn't, you know, and then I love also how you're focused on equipping the guys to do even their own debriefs and everything else. And, uh, but I also know that in your own life, things haven't always gone according to plan. And there was even a time when you were, you were thinking because things didn't go according to plan, you even think about leaving ministry altogether. And so we're going to take a quick break and, uh, and then I want to come back and get some of that backstory on your journey. Cause I think it even shows us how, how far we've come and what the Lord has been doing and gives him even more glory in the middle of the mess. So, uh, let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about God's glory in the middle of the mess. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app. Hey family, Paul here. I want to take a quick moment and share something you may not know. CDM is a nonprofit ministry. That means everything we do is supported by individuals just like you. This year has been pretty busy with launching the Freedom Initiative and the Next Gen Project, as well as coaching people and training people to be disciple makers in their own spaces. We haven't been able to spend a ton of time fundraising, and we're facing a budget shortfall. We need friends like you who would commit to being a monthly supporter of all the wonderful things that we do here at CDM. We're looking for a 1,000 of our listeners to commit to giving $45 per month. If you can give more or less, that's great. 
We want to keep serving God by serving you and equipping the body of Christ to make disciples and start movements. Just head on over to ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com to donate, or you can do it right now, right here through our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for praying, and thanks for giving.